Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you joined us for today's conversation. And we believe today's conversation, just like every episode of the podcast, will encourage and equip you to lead in the local church. That's why we're here. That's why we do this week in and week out. And we would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast. We don't get, you know, proceeds from that. We don't get, you know, paid money because you subscribe. We just want you to be a part of these conversations. Annie and I talk all the time how we feel like we're just, we're blessed a lot more than you. We, we feel like we don't belong in the room with most of the people we get to talk to. Uh, and God has used our con- those conversations to really just equip us, encourage us to bless us. And, uh, and so we don't want you to miss that blessing. We want you to be a part of those conversations too. So you can subscribe on YouTube if you're watching this, or if you're listening on your favorite, uh, listening app, uh, whether it's Apple podcast or, you know, Spotify or whatever, make sure you hit subscribe. So you don't miss a single episode. Now here's today's conversation. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. Uh, Mark and I are delighted to have our good friend, James Jackson, with us this week. Uh, James serves as the lead pastor of Glenwood Baptist Church in Prattville, Alabama. Uh, He's married to Trish. He has uh, two great sons, Caleb and Joshua, and a recent addition to the family, uh, proud granddad now, James is, to his grandson, Jordan. So, James, thank you so much for joining us on the Church Leadership Podcast this week. Thank you, Andy and, and Mark. It's a, it's a blessing to be here. It's a blessing to uh, connect with you guys. Um, we're, we're part of a group together that does uh, retreats and just uh, sharpens one another. And, and I love being around you guys because every time I, I come away from you, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit more and, and I feel a little bit wiser. So uh, thanks, guys. Well, um, I'm not sure where that wisdom's coming from, but uh, well, we from love Andy. hanging out with you. Yeah, it's it's mainly from Andy. But... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, listen, I, I I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm I'm really tempted as I look around your office. I, 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 there's a story there behind that no skateboarding. We'll get to that another time. There's a sign <laughs> in his office if you're listening that says no skateboarding permitted. We'll get to that to another yeah, another time. Okay. But, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you you probably saw that too, but. Here's what I really want to start our conversation with, James. We, you know, we've known each other for a while, and um, part of your story that uh, really I got to to watch a little bit of um, is that transition period for you. You're a lead pastor there at Glenwood Baptist, and um, and you've been in that role now now for a while. But you weren't always there. You weren't always in that that first chair is what we often call role. You were in a second chair role, and and so that transition for you, at least, is is kind of unique. Um, and you have a, a cool story of, of what God has shown you and taught you. So share a little bit about that journey from second chair to first chair. Sure. And, and that, that may explain the no skateboarding sign, uh, <laughs> because when, when a former youth minister comes into a lead pastor role, uh, to be honest, that was kind of the first thing that I saw that I thought, why is that there? Um, it was, it was planted out in the, there's like a, a grassy hill that apparently sometime years ago, uh, kids were, were going off that hill and onto the, the lower parking 
lot. And uh, somebody didn't think that was appropriate. But worst you know, thing in the world, right? Yeah, awful. And Kids so, are hanging out um, on our campus. I know. Yeah. So, uh, so the first thing I did was was pry that out of the ground, and I just kind of I keep it in my office as a reminder that, you know, uh, everything that happens in a church was somebody thought was a good idea at the time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so a little bit of my story. I'm the the youngest of four. My older brother is a hero in youth ministry for a lot of people. Um, Dr. Alan Jackson, he was on faculty at, um, at New Orleans for a lot of years. And, you know, being his younger brother, I always just admired and idolized everything he did. Um, and when he came back from his uh, sophomore year of college and said, I feel called into the ministry, uh, I'm the, the 10 year, nine years younger brother saying, well, me too. And so, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of my calling or a lot of my life journey has been just trying to figure out, is God calling me or is it just out of admiration for my brother? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, for example, uh, the first thing that I pursued in ministry was actually children's ministry um, because my brother was just the the youth guru, um, but he's no good with kids. And so I thought, okay, if, if God's really calling me, then maybe he's calling me to do something different than Mm -hmm. Alan did. And so I was a children's minister. Then I was a youth minister for a lot of years. I worked at Lifeway Christian Resources for 16 years. Um, And it's interesting. I was in the, the youth camp program, Centrifuge, Infuge. I first uh, knew of Andy and that program, by the way. Um, Boy, that was a lot of yesterdays ago, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, I would, about seven years into that, I would see some of the guys that I had been training and mentoring as camp pastors, because that's what I did. I recruited and trained camp pastors, and I would see those guys starting churches, pastoring churches, and I kind of got a little bit of that seven-year itch uh, mm-hmm. at the time, but um, but God, I, I wasn't ready for a lead pastor role by any stretch. Um, I wasn't really wasn't even ready for a, a church ministry role again. Um, I'd been in Lifeway for so long. Well, my job with uh, with youth camps ended. I started working with uh, with curriculum. I was an editor for uh, one of the curriculum lines, um, and did a lot of training in local churches. And uh, that was probably the step that more prepared me to get back into the local church. Um, I was preaching a kids camp at Shaco Springs in the summer of 2014. Um, First Baptist Church of Prattville came through uh, and one of their chaperones said, you know, we're looking for an education pastor right now. And I like what I've seen of you in ministry. Would you be interested in, um, in putting in a resume? So I looked them up online. I'd never heard of Prattville. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, my my only concept of Prattville was that's where Bass Pro Shops was, and that's where we stopped for lunch on the way to the beach from Nashville, um, which is kind of our unofficial Chamber of Commerce slogan. It's Prattville, where you stop for lunch. Um, <laughs> but so uh, so I joined the staff at First Baptist in 2015 as their education pastor. And uh, it was it was just it was an awesome, awesome deal. I loved my time there. 
But uh, again, I felt like the Lord was nudging me into something else. And uh, my senior pastor, a man named Travis Coleman, whom I love and admire, just a, a fantastic elder statesman for, uh, for Alabama Baptist, he sat me down for my first performance review a year into the job. And he said, so what have you learned in this first year? Uh, and I said, well, I think I've learned that I want to be a lead pastor. Hmm. And Travis said, you know, I think I've seen that in you. Um, and you've definitely got the communication gifts for it. Um, and as far as the other things that go along with being a lead pastor, uh, I'll do everything I can to, to help you in those areas. Um, and then when the time comes, we'll just, we'll, we'll bless your leaving. Um, and uh, in December of 16, um, the, the lead pastor here at Glenwood, Brother Bruce Hose, he announced his retirement. And uh, I was kind of, I was the first guy that they used as a fill-in to preach in the new year in 17, um, which also happened to be the first day that their search committee met. And so that night they're like, well, what about that guy from this morning? And, <laughs> and, uh, and somebody else says, no, he's at First Baptist, which is right across town. Um, he's not going to make the move to our church from there. But again, they didn't know what the Lord had already been doing in my life. Um, and so we started having conversations, um, and to make a long story short, uh, when I was with the, the committee, I said, guys, I know that you're taking a risk on me. This is, uh, you know, we're a church of about 350 people, which is, you know, a fairly large church to be anybody's first church. Um, and I said, you know, you're, you're, you're testing a 50-year-old man who's never been a senior pastor before, so I know it's a risk, but if you can be patient with me while I learn the other parts of what it means to be a lead pastor, then I will do my best to feed you from God's word uh, on a weekly basis, because I knew, you know, that was what my strength was, was preaching and teaching, um, not so much leadership administration, not so much pastoring and shepherding, so I said, if you can be patient with me for those two parts, then I'll, I'll do what I do as best as I can. And they said, well, deal. And four years later, I'm still learning, um, but they hadn't, you know, they hadn't kicked me out the door yet. And I'll tell you the blessing every, every Wednesday, I still have breakfast with Travis, um, my former boss. Um, and it's just been, it's been a dream situation of being able to stay in the same community loving the people that I served at First Baptist and still having relationships with them, um, heading over this afternoon for a funeral over at First Baptist, just because we have so many close connections still, um, and still being under the mentoring and, and leadership and discipling of my, my former boss there. I mean, I, I, I'm living my best life now because not a lot of people get to say that. Well, you, you, James, are not only a good friend to Mark and I, as you mentioned earlier, but you are an encouragement to us as well. And what you just mentioned in your story is a lot of the, the way that you encourage us is your humble willingness to admit, all right, I don't have it all together. I've still got a lot to learn, but your willingness to take on those roles and learn and grow and and thank God for people like Travis who invests in yes. you and other pastors and leaders. So 
we know you mentioned your your area that you really feel comfortable in your wheelhouse is 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 teaching and I believe a lot of that is because you are a avid reader you, and you know your history with working with curriculum and being an editor I think that that plays into not just your personality and your gifting but just how God uses you now so one of the, the things you've mentioned to Mark and I is not just the fact that you like to teach, but you like to learn. And uh, your specific area of learning that we wanted to talk about and touch on, I think that might be helpful to people watching and listening is dealing with scripture memory. Mm. Tell us a little bit about how you take in, engage with God's word in a way where you, you want to memorize it and, and apply it to your life. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was teaching a class at New Orleans with my brother years ago, um, and Matt Papa was one of the other teachers or leaders that that Alan had brought in, and Matt was talking about a little app that he had found. Um, That was back, I mean, gosh, I guess iPhones were still kind of a a novelty at that point, Um, and so I'm like, what's an app? Uh, But he, he showed us this app called Fighterverse which uh, is done by um, John Piper's Desiring God Ministry. And and basically, uh, the guys at Piper's Church had um, laid out five sets of uh, 52 verses each, you know, for each year that, that they saw as foundational verses for people to memorize. And so on the app, you choose a set. It gives you the verse for the week. Um, you can set that verse on your lock screen. Uh, it'll say, read the verse, share the verse. It'll, you know, it'll even say, sing the verse. And there's these cheesy little children's songs that have been done for each verse. Uh, but then you can do a quiz where it'll, um, it'll give you level one is mostly words with a couple blanks. And you're just tapping the screen uh, and, and reciting the verse. And then level two is a few more blanks. So level five is nothing but blanks. And when you go through it, you click memorized. And then it puts it into a, a, a daily queue where for the next two weeks, you're, um, it comes up and you recite it each morning. Then in, from there, it promotes it to a, a weekly review where for the next six weeks, it comes up once a week. After six weeks, it puts it into a monthly review for uh, where every month that verse comes up. And so I've been doing that for, um, I'm on, I've gone through all five of the foundational verses sets. Uh, then it moves into uh, five years worth of extended memory. So this year uh, I'm memorizing Philippians. Um, and I've actually got uh, two or three guys that are trying to memorize Philippians with me. One of them works at a gas station here in town. And so the other day I came and, and dropped my car off to get the oil changed. And I said, all right, uh, give me the first six verses. And so we reviewed our scripture in the middle of the gas station there, uh, which was fantastic. Um, but uh, I would say of, of any spiritual discipline, I cannot... I can't think of anything else that's that's helped me in communicating and preaching than than the discipline of of scripture mm-hmm. memory because you know I'll prepare the sermon but then you know as the spirit leads I'll just I'll rattle off a verse or 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 verses that the Lord's working on me there and it's just like you know when when you when you hide God's word in your heart 
the Spirit's going to prompt you with uh, with the answer that you need at that moment. You know, He's faithful to His promises in in His Word. Uh, that when you when you put it into your heart, Psalm one nineteen eleven, then it's gonna it's gonna be what bubbles up when you're when you're under pressure, when you're squeezed. Uh, yeah. If God's word is what seeps out of your pores, then um, I, I just I can't tell you how much that's helped me in so many situations. No doubt. I mean, I think that is that is a that is a unique statement, um, even to our podcast probably. But I cannot think of a truer statement. How valuable hiding God's word in your heart is. Um, Psalm one nineteen, right? One nineteen eleven. That's right. Yeah. Um, had, a, had a youth minister that our, um, I served as a volunteer at Clearview Baptist when we were up in Nashville, and a guy named Matt Tipton uh, had this crazy idea of getting the entire youth group to memorize Psalm one nineteen, mm. all one hundred and seventy six verses, and so we would be in small groups, rever- you know, reviewing a stanza a week for 22 weeks uh, and then a small group each week a different small group leader would uh, give about a 15 minute teaching on that stanza and uh, to this day I still review a stanza of Psalm 119 every morning Um, and it's it's just that is my favorite chapter Mm. of my favorite book um, in the Bible right there that is awesome what an encouragement I mean what a what an incredible goal, not, not maybe Psalm 119, or maybe that is a goal, but, but just hiding God's word in our hearts. And as pastors, you know, we, it's, it's easy to um, fall into quoting cliches or our favorite book quotes and stuff like that, which can be helpful and and wise, but there's nothing better than God's word when, uh, when we need to share wisdom and truth. So that, that's a great encouragement. Let me kind of mixing really that and, and some other stuff we've already talked about. I mean, you've had, and, and I'm sure you realize this, um, and I know those watching and listening are thinking this too, you've had a vast array of experience um, in all kind of ministry roles. Uh, and, and you've seen a lot and uh, you've experienced a lot. You've learned a lot of lessons along the way. Again, the, the no skateboarding, uh, permitted sign behind you. That that's a great lesson that God has taught you that you brought to the lead pastor role. That you know that certain activities shouldn't be outlawed if it means people are, are around a place where the gospel hopefully is being proclaimed. But I want to ask you specifically about where we are living right now. Hmm. All that experience and all that stuff, um, you know, may not have. I mean, you didn't take a course. We didn't take a course on how to deal with a pandemic, but but all of that stuff does inform the way you lead and it does inform the way you respond and uh, think through how to lead in a challenging time like this. So maybe, I guess, as we get toward the end of our conversation, talk a little bit about some lessons you've learned in how to lead in this unprecedented time. Don't you wish for some precedented times again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so tired of being unprecedented. And yeah, I think the, the, the first lesson is that all of that stuff that we, we learned in the past doesn't really count for Jack um, mm-hmm. because we're having to rewrite the playbook every time. Um, and, and every day, know, every day. Yeah. 
I know all three of us have been impacted by Todd Bolsinger's writings. You know, he wrote Canoeing the Mountains, and the whole simple image was when Lewis and Clark uh, got to, you know, got to the peak of what they thought would be just level coastland all the way to the Pacific Ocean. You know, they got to the this vista, and they saw nothing but the Rocky Mountains in front of them. And they realized, okay, these canoes that we brought, that's not going to work anymore. And so they, they had to be very nimble in their, their leadership. And that's what Bolsinger's book has been about. Um, and if I could recommend two reads to, to help guide us through this, it's that one, Canoeing the Mountains, and then Tempered Resilience is his follow-up to that, uh, which he didn't realize that a pandemic would break out in the middle of writing that. But man, it's just so... Uh, so spot on relevant for our times. That's one of the best books that I've read uh, recently. Um, but you know, the, I think what, what I would say is that this is where the foundational um, things that we learn in theological education are, are more important than, than the mm -hmm. trends. I mean, I know of I know of education classes back in the day that one of the required textbooks was the the Baptist bookstore catalog, you know, um, and I know that that there have been you know seminary classes on how to how to do a chalk talk. You know, my campus minister told me that that he had to take two semesters of chalk talk back in the seventies, <laughs> right? And his point was, nobody does chalk talks anymore. And so knowing the foundations of, of scripture and prayer and the disciplines, um, you know, books on spiritual disciplines, the common mm -hmm. rule, um, the ruthless elimination of hurry, all of those things that speak back to the foundations. Um, and that's, I think that's what, equips people for dealing with an unprecedented time. I mean, I can't give you here six tips on how to deal with the pandemic because we've, we've all learned how to be video producers and, uh, and televangelists and live stream experts and podcasters and all of these, you know, skills that we had to pick up. Um, and it's helpful, but come next year, there's going to be a whole new set of tools it's good to stay on the on the edge of those. It's good to to stay savvy, like what we said at Lifeway. Um, but but savviness with the latest tools will not substitute and cannot substitute for groundedness in God's word. Amen. Amen. That's a good word, James. That is. Uh, I mean, I was sitting here thinking about transition into the podcast to virtual reality but now you got me second guessing that so. <laughs> yeah 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 put it on a nintendo no. channel yeah <laughs> no i mean you're you you're a spot on i mean you're a spot on if we don't have that foundation of knowing and living out god's word everything else is really meaningless and worthless i mean uh you can be as trendy as you want to be but if you are empty and void of god's word you are uh waterless springs, you know? So that's, that's, that's the truth. One of the things we also enjoy about you is not just your depth and knowledge of God's word, but your dad humor. James, <laughs> let me just say from one bad dad joke connoisseur to another 
you are in my top 10 list of favorite people to uh, have witty banter with and in, enjoy your treasure trove of, of, of I mean, I, I, I call it good taste of, of bad humor, <laughs> but uh, Mark, Mark, I don't know. Mark and I've had uh, bad dad joke duels before. It didn't turn out so good for him. No, it but, did not. I appreciate the humor. I'm just terrible at it. Yeah. Yeah. So did that mean so, that, that Andy won the bad? Oh, day? Andy smoked me. Are you kidding okay. me? I mean, Andy, Andy, you know, he, he dreams of bad dad jokes. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, he permeates. I was, I was, I was raised with a father who appreciated that kind of humor. So it's just, it's in my, it's in my genes. Yeah. So James, the reason I say all that is right now we're living in this tension. I mean, everybody is just stressed and overwhelmed. And I mean, there's, there's so many things that grab our attention and, and we're working ourselves, you know, to, to the point of, we are just in decision overload. And, and then there is this breath of fresh air that comes in with somebody who has a little bit of humor. Tell us why you think that's so important to to have that, not just as a Christian or as a pastor, but just in general right now. Why do you think that that is so helpful for us? Because I think it's helpful. Well, um, I think it's disarming for one thing. I think a lot of times, you know, the the stereotype of pastors is that we're just always so serious and and we don't take our, we take ourselves too seriously. And, you know, we, we look with gloom and doom on, on all of the things that are going on in the world. And I know, you know, when I was in high school, I was, I was not an athlete. Uh, I know that shocks you, you know, looking at me now, uh, but no, I, I was, you know, would get laughed out of the weight room and um, all of the football players would make fun of all the chorus and drama guys and, you know, call us names and all that. And I, I learned pretty quickly that if, if I could make a joke about myself before they had a chance to, <laughs> then, you know, I might not get beat up that day if I could, if I could make them <laughs> laugh. Um, and so I think that's kind of where it started. And, and my mom had a, a great sense of humor. She loved just wordplay and puns and all of that. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's been a thing that, um, you know, helps people know that I, while I take scripture incredibly seriously, and while I take God's word incredibly seriously, um, I don't take myself very seriously at all. And I, I hope that it works to make me more approachable. Um, you know, when, uh, there, there was a girl in, you know, middle school girl in our church that, uh, uh, single parent home, doesn't have a dad in the home. And so every Sunday morning, she would be sitting in the pew while her mom was on the praise team practicing. Her name's Gracie. Uh, and so every Sunday morning, I would come in and I would tell her a, a terrible joke and just say, good morning, Gracie. Well, when the pandemic shut us down, I started putting a, a daily good morning Gracie joke on my Facebook page, uh, just, you know, just to make her smile. And it's kind of become a thing. Um, we're at the, the, the Alabama convention and two or three people came up to me that I hadn't seen in years. And so I, I'm, I'm missing your good morning, Gracie's. I haven't seen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's, it's become a brand and, and Gracie is thrilled about that. Not really. 
<laughs> that is awesome. See, I think that's that that's one of the things we appreciate about you. And I think that's a lesson we everybody can learn. It's like Andy said, especially in a time like this when we're just overwhelmed and tired. Um, I know Andy and I share share that humor is uh, a disarming and stress relieving uh, aspect of our lives. And I think what you said is so true, James. Take God and his word seriously. Take our calling seriously, but stop taking yourself so seriously. I think that that would resolve a whole lot of stuff that we're all dealing with. So thank you for those words. And, and I think Really, that is the encouragement we needed to hear today and, and your story and what God has taught you. So, man, thank you so much, James, for just spending a few minutes with us. You're so welcome. Thank you for asking me. Well, hey, James, I know. We appreciate you. Go I'm ahead. sorry, Mark. I, uh, we, we do tend to finish each other's sandwiches. 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 Yes. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, James, seriously, we, we are very encouraged by you, by your story, by your love for God's word, by the laughter that we get to share together, and, and we're thankful for, for your time today. Thank you. Well, those watching and listening, we know you've been encouraged and equipped to lead in the local church, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.